the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Check out monorail.com, America's affordable investment app made for conservatives who want to keep their hard-earned money with companies that share their value. Download the Monorail app today. Join Monorail. Hi, everybody. This is it, the last show of the year. I'm Dennis Prager. The broadcast year ends today. The real year ends tomorrow. I didn't say the world ends tomorrow. I said the real year. Oh, it's starting early in the show, ladies and gentlemen. It is really starting early. December 30th, 2022. I'm just getting used to writing 1990-something. It's <laughs> uh, an interesting question. Not important, but interesting. When does one get used to writing the new date? Like for how... Well, you know, this. here's an even more interesting question. When do people write the dates anymore? Think about that. You're not... People don't write checks anymore in, in to any degree. And that was where it was mostly done. Hmm. Anyway, it is what it is, and I welcome you to the show. Yesterday I discussed the show in part, and would I open up, start, inaugurate in 2023 a new hour, dedicated hour on the show, and I asked you in the third hour of yesterday's show, what would you recommend if I did do a, a a fourth dedicated hour, male female happiness, ultimate issues, and I think I'm leaning toward two decisions. One, are you ready, Sean? I think we're going to keep the gladiator theme. Rick is for it. Is that why I see a head bobbing up and down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's some really intelligent arguments for its retention. Probably the most persuasive being, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But my heart is in introducing you to great Western music because our culture is in danger. We have barbarians in our midst. They have taken over the entire educational system. In light of that, I would ask an interesting question. How many college seniors can spell Beethoven? What do you think? Uh Uh-huh. 40%, that's your guess? 
I don't think 40%. I don't think it's that high. I'm, I would be interested to know what percentage of college students can identify Beethoven. By far the most famous name in composing. He's more, more famous than Mozart. And certainly than Bach. How many could spell Michelangelo? Michelangelo is phonetic, so they, I, think they could, I think they could do Michelangelo. So what do you think of an hour dedicated to religion? This country was founded by people steeped in the Bible. What is considered by many the greatest American novel, Moby Dick, begins with Call Me Ishmael. It was so assumed at the time, was it mid-19th century? It was so assumed at the time that everybody in America would know the reference. And today it would mean nothing to the vast majority of Americans. The crisis is the post-Christian, post-Judeo-Christian, post-Biblical crisis. So if I can help you understand what religion teaches, that would be, uh, I think that would be a service. Do you agree, gentlemen? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Just for the record, I open-minded as I am for suggestions. Sean suggested an hour on hockey a weekly hockey hour and uh, we threw it in the hopper and oh. <laughs> that's true I, I I take that compliment he said if anybody could make it work <laughs> I'm not sure I'm not sure even my abilities would stretch that far <laughs> uh Here's a story, my friends, from Buffalo. I had to do it to save everyone. Man breaks into school and shelters nearly a dozen people from blizzard. People are dying from this blizzard. So there's a man uh, who uh, named Jay Wythey, W-I or Withy, W-I-T-H-E-Y, a mechanic f- from the town of Chictawaga. And he uh, ventured out, I'm reading from CNN, ventured out to help a trapped friend, but instead got caught in the snow himself. Over the course of the night, he would be turned away by several people he begged for help, eventually committing a final act of desperation to save himself and more than 20 others from the brutal storm. He began the night at 6 p.m. when he got a call from a friend who had become stuck in the quickly mounting snow. He said, I'm the only person he knew who would come over, so I figured I would go get him. Withy said. Withy, or Withy, drove toward the friend, weaving between abandoned vehicles and littered the road, that littered the road. Suddenly he saw a young man named Mike walking in sneakers and wrapped in a light jacket. He told Mike to hop in the truck to escape the cold. As he drove past snowdrifts several feet tall, 
His truck became stuck twice. The first time, he was able to shovel his way out, but the second time, felt hopeless. I'm trying to dig myself out, but the snow is coming down just as fast as I'm shoveling, he said. With his clothes soaking wet and only a quarter of a tank of fuel left, Wifey started to grow concerned. Leaving Mike in the truck, he began knocking on the doors of houses lining the street to see if anyone would give them shelter. Wifey said he went to ten households. I want to, I want to dwell on this for a moment. Wifey said he went to ten households, offering each $500 to spend the night on their floor. All of them turned him down. I pled with them, please, please, can I sleep on the floor? I'm, I'm in fear for my life. And they say, no, I'm sorry, he said. So before I continue the story, what do you think of that? This is in a rural area in upstate New York. The man is fearful of dying outside. He's offering $500. If he were a criminal, he could have forced his way in, obviously. He He had no weapon that they knew of. So here's the here's the question. Would you have let the guy in? By the way, there's no way you, you could know. You could be pretty certain. Here, here's an interesting question, or here's an interesting thought. You could be certain you wouldn't. It's hard to be more certain that you would. I find I found this disconcerting. Now, if the, there's an obvious answer. They have a stranger sleeping in their house. How do they know he won't slit their throats or do something else, right? I understand that. I also understand that saying no really did mean he might die. An interesting subsidiary thought here is if he were black, uh, people would have been definite that it was racism. But he's white. 1-8 Prager 776. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever and just in time for Christmas. For a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, a set of pillowcases for only $9.98, and rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. They also have blankets in a variety of sizes, colors, and styles. They even have blankets for your pets. Get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows, bolster pillows, and so much more, all with the biggest discounts of the year happening now. They're also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2023, making them the perfect gifts for your friends, your family, and everyone you know. So go to MyPillow.com and use the promo code Prager, or call 800-761-6302. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98, 
and get all your shopping done now while quantities last. Hi, everybody. I'm reading a story from CNN about a man in upstate New York, the Buffalo area, and the horrible freezing weather and the blizzard. And he was in his truck. He was in it to rescue a friend. Then it got worse and worse, and he, he couldn't obviously get to his home, and he was running out of gas. He went to 10 households, offering each $500 to spend the night on their floor. All of them turned him away. I pled with them, please, please, can I sleep on the floor? I'm in fear for my life. And they said, no, I'm sorry. That's so. the The story has an an interesting end, and I'm going to come to that. I only stopped in the middle. This is not callous urban dwellers. These are more rural people, very upstate New York, near near the Canadian border, for that matter. And none of them would allow him to sleep in their home. After offering money, I want to discuss that. What would you do? What should be done? So it has a twist, so to speak. Feeling defeated, Wythe, that was that's his name, tried to walk back to his truck but became lost in the blustery wind and thick snow. My vision is getting foggy, my body is cramping up, and I'm fearing for my life, he said. Finally, he saw a light glint in the distance, the same blinking light he remembered parking his truck next to. After marching back to the truck, Wifey called the police, but was told that due to the dangerous storm conditions, they couldn't come to rescue him. He also learned that the friend who had called him for help had been rescued by authorities. With the gas running precariously low, Wifey was concerned but tired, so he tried to take a nap. At around 11 p.m., he heard a knock at the car window and opened the door to find Mary, an elderly woman, who said she had been stuck in her car since 4 p.m., so seven hours, and needed help. He told her to get into the truck. By the next morning, Wifey's truck had run out of gas, leaving the trio to huddle in Mary's van, which was also running low on fuel. Eventually, Mary needed to use the bathroom. It was then that Wifey, sensing she felt embarrassed, looked at his phone's GPS and noticed that a school, Edge Academy, was nearby. I say, I'm going to that school and I'm going to break into that school because I know they have heat and a bathroom. Using an extra set of brake pads, Wifey smashed through a window at the school so he could open the front door and let Mike and Mary in with the security alarm blaring. I walk outside in the immediate area and there are a lot of older people that are stranded in their cars. One person had a dog and I get them all into the school. At this point I have about 10 people in the school. 
he estimated their ages between 20s and 70s. With the group settled in the school, wifey scavenged for cereal and apples in the cafeteria, managed to turn off the alarm, and found mats in the gym for everyone to sleep on. Everyone is just so happy to be in the school and to be warm and have food. On Christmas morning, Wifey and the others were able to use snowblowers from the janitor's closet to free their cars from the mounds of snow. Second interesting point. Wifey, who describes himself as a religious man, said he views the whole ordeal as a blessing in disguise. This is the twist that I want you to think about. If just one person had taken him up on his plea for shelter that night, he would not have saved all those people. One man who turned him away saw Wifey snow-blowing the cars and approached him in tears to apologize, saying he couldn't sleep that night knowing he had denied Wifey shelter. Wifey stayed at the school until 8 p.m. on Christmas. I didn't leave until I made sure everyone was okay. Before he left, he made sure to leave a note apologizing for the break-in. Then there's the note. They were able to find Wifey with the public's help after sharing his note and surveillance camera images. Police Chief Brian Gould told CNN that Wifey was in a section of town that they were having a hard time getting to. The chief called Wifey's actions heroic and an example of the sense of community among people in the area. We were absolutely shocked to see that he had over 20 people in the school and two dogs. Not only a heroic action, but just an overall good person. He definitely saved lives that day. A religious man, I think that's a factor. But the uh, the ten households that turned him away intrigued me. Are people today so afraid of crime, and I'm, I'm saying this completely non-judgmentally, are they so afraid of crime? Do they read about people doing terrible things to people and think, well, that's the question. What did they think? If the man was hell-bent on crime, he with no police around, he just could have knocked on the door. They open it, or just broken in. It's a, it's a tough one, but there is something lost when you read about this. The criminals offer you five hundred dollars to sleep on your floor. I also found it touching that a man in tears approached him to apologize. But of course, had he been taken in by one of the ten, up to twenty people would have died. 
There's a parable of life in this whole story. What would you do? Take your calls when we return. The Dennis Prager Show. It's actually an amazing story. Had any of the ten homes allowed this man in, in upstate New York, in, in an area so hit by cold and blizzard that the police couldn't even get to people? And he had the two people with him. And one of them was a, an elderly woman. I believe that that's correct, if I got the chronology of the story correct. And ten households said, I'm sorry, and they wouldn't let him sleep on the floor after even offering them $500. So should I be, and I'm very, this is not a rhetorical question. Should I be upset? Or or have we reached the point of ubiquity of crime that it is completely understandable that people would fear that the man would slit their throats? I, I would like to believe that I would let the guy in. The... the the amazing part of the story is that had anyone let him in, he, he wouldn't have saved 20 people whom he ended up saving by breaking into a school and, and giving them heat and shelter and some food from the cafeteria. It's, a, it's quite remarkable. Round Lake, Illinois, and Chris, Hello. Good morning, Dennis. How are you? Well, thank you. Thank you. I uh, I happen to be, I'm in a house divided. My wife would have helped, had a hand in saving all those people. I would have let the man in without question. So but how? Wait, wife, wait, how mother, she, she, well, your wife would wait. How was it divided? You said she would have let them in. She would not have. She would have saved those people. Wait, wait, wait. I, so, I on the other hand, would have let them in. The 20 people in the school. Oh, oh, oh. But both of you... All right, so you're not... My wife would have turned them away. Oh, she would have turned them away. Yes, definitely. She's very nervous about things like that. I would let him in without question. Okay. I often turn around to help people on the side of the road. I'll give people rides. You know, my wife, if she's with me, I cannot do that. She won't allow it. Well, thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you for calling. I want to get as many calls as possible. All right, I, I, your reactions are what interest me. Mike in uh, Montclair, California. Hello. He just hung up. Okay. Uh, Rodney in Flint, Michigan. Hello. Mr. Prager, good afternoon. Well, good morning. I'm glad to, to talk to you, first-time caller. But Thank you. Because of fear, people are paralyzed. The Bible says evil communication corrupts good manners. The left has paralyzed people across the, the nation, and this is this is the response. I would have let them in, but I would have gave them only so much area where they can move around or, or get warm at. And um, I don't think that the guy was not going back after he got warmed up in somebody's house. I think he would have went back to check on his buddy. Therefore, 
then he could have noticed that there was a a school around. No, his buddy he was uh, his buddy was rescued by the police. Okay. So, yeah. So well, he, so maybe, the people had somebody let him in. Uh, the the he he would not have saved twenty lives. Well, not necessarily. He probably would have went back to check on his buddy because he didn't know his buddy was saved. Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't think. Maybe maybe you're right. I I thought he did because he did have. There was phone service, to the best of my knowledge. His GPS was working. Anyway, the larger the issue that he got to save so many lives because he was turned away is just a it's, it's it's a novelist's ideal. But the the down to earth question is how would you have reacted? I have a theory. And it's just a theory, but I, you know, I have many theories that you can train yourself morally in advance of a test. I give the example of would you save your dog or a stranger? The first moral question I posed in my 20s to high school students that I would speak to who are obviously now old old people and they a third of the respondents say I don't know what I would do and I have I'll tell you what I, I think about morally training yourself It's the happy, 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 happy hour. It's the last one of the, of the, of the year. Yes, it is. Don't feel bad and don't regret that it is the last one of the year. Because we have another year. To have a happy, 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 happy hour. It's the happy, happy. Hey, everybody, I'm Dennis Prager. the happiness hour. It's the longest running aspect of my show having its own identity. Oh, my God. That was really silly. But it's true. 1999, and this is the end of 2022. We will enter, that means in 2023, we will enter the 24th year. Wow, almost a quarter of a century of the happiness hour. Because the happy make the world better and the unhappy make it worse. That is so big. It's not a throwaway line, my dear friends. It's the truth, Ruth. So, given that it is the happiness hour, and it is the last of the year, let's talk about New Year's resolutions. I have one for you, but I have an overriding question which would enable you to actually call in immediately, indeed invited to. Did you make a New Year's resolution and keep it? 
Now, I have often noted I am for New Year's resolutions. People say they're silly. Not all people, many people. Because you just break them anyway, and it frustrates you, and it's pointless, etc., etc. My view is that a New Year's resolution at least gets you thinking, how can you improve your life? And that's worth itself. That is worth it in itself, in and of itself. Just meditating on that subject is good for you. And let's say you keep it for two weeks. So why is that bad? So it'd be nicer if you kept it longer. You have to be realistic. It's important. So I will have some suggestions. Many people think of New Year's resolutions in terms of their health, and there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Being concerned with your health is very, is a very good idea and is very important. So I do something that I think contributes to one's health. I am not certain. I can only tell you that I am certain enough to have embarked on it now for more than four years. And if you can do it, if you would get a headache or anything like that, don't bother doing it. I have done what is called intermittent fasting. I don't know where they got the intermittent from, but that's what it's called. Intermittent fasting on a daily basis, almost every day. I do about 15 hours where I, I will drink coffee, or I will drink, but I won't eat. I don't find it difficult, and apparently there are great health benefits giving your system that rest. Some people lose weight on it. I have not. I wish I did, but I don't do it for weight loss, obviously. And you will be surprised at how empowering that is that you can go that length of time, even 12 hours. It's, it's not that hard. I mean, if you, if you go to bed, if you stop eating at, let's say, 8 p.m., and then you start eating again at 9 a.m., it's 13 hours there. Most of it, you've been asleep. Something you might want to consider, the benefits are apparently quite extraordinary. When they give mice and rats much less food, they live longer. That's what did it for me. <laughs> I want to live longer. And I have uh, been extremely healthy. I don't attribute it necessarily to that. It may be genetic luck. It may be my easygoing nature, which is a blessing from God or nature. I, I don't know which. Because then, because stress kills. When I was in eighth grade, they gave us a book. I'll never forget it. We had health education, not sex education. Sex education was a completely destructive idea in our society because it came from educators who are among the stupidest people in America. And they, uh, they had a health class, eighth grade, and they assigned us a book, Stress Kills. 
I never read the book. I only read the title, and I resolved for the rest of my life to work on inner peace and a relaxed attitude towards life. And I fight a lot, and I have a, I have a theoretically high-stress life. But I am very calm, and it's been a very, very great blessing in my life. But I do what I can, not everything I can. I work out three times a week, when I work out three times a week, if I'm not on the road. But I should do more exercise, and I have, in fact, made a resolution in that regard. I hope my wife is not listening so that she doesn't hold me to it. <laughs> but uh, I do I do suggest the the minimizing of the eating. It's you don't realize how easy it is to get full. You realize how easy it is to get hungry, but you don't realize how easy it is to get full. So anyway, that's a New Year's resolution in the health arena. Now let me give you a New Year's resolution that is even tougher than the one that I just proposed. And it's in the behavior area. Don't be silent with regard to the attempts to hurt our civilization. That's tough because you pay a price for speaking out. So the question in life is, what do you most want to do with your life? Do good or not have pain? Doing good involves pain. And the worse the society, the more pain there is in doing good. But I want to offer you an immediate benefit for speaking out, whether it's about your school ruining your child or whatever it might be. You bring wonderful people into your life. And that, by the way, to go to resolution number one, is a major source of health. They they have these studies, and you know my view of studies, it's always been, and I've been vindicated all of my life, they either confirm what common sense suggests or they're wrong. So I have never found these to be particularly useful, but I cite them in case you need studies. Having friends, and friends who are not kindred spirits is not friends, they're pals. They're, they're friendly acquaintances. But having kindred spirits, as I put it, in your life is so important that what, what do these uh, medical people say? They say that having friends prolongs your life as much as cigarette smoking is likely to detract years from your life. So if you smoke, you really need kindred spirits. Then you come out even. You smoke with your kindred spirits. Uh, 
That way you get the benefit of your own smoke and their smoke. <laughs> exactly. That's why, you know what? Now that I think of it, maybe I'll write a piece next year some point. The benefits of secondhand smoke. It means you're with people you like. What <laughs> ain't Prager 776. New Year's resolutions. Do they work? Have you taken one and worked? We return. I'm Dennis Prager. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. See, that is a good one. This is a good one. It's happy. Isn't it interesting, the concept? No words, happy music. It's the power of music. It's got, a, it's got the greatest power of the arts. Uh, I'm a, as you know, I love music. So, it's the happiness hour, the last one of this year, and the subject is New Year's resolutions. Have you made any that you've kept? I have one cynic. I'm going to take the cynic's call immediately. Where is he? Where is he? Is he here? Uh, yeah, here he is. All right, Daniel, I'm calling you a cynic in advance. Hello. Hello. Hey, I'm not a cynic, but I just want to let you know I have kept a, a resolution of mine for about three years. However, I'm going to have to break it now based upon what you said. All right. Well, what is the one that you kept for three years? Not to make any more resolutions because I can't keep them. And, and and wait a minute. And, and, now, wait. And, and you years. object to my calling you cynical. I that That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's the happiness hour, okay? That's fair. All right, so how did I change your mind? Wait, what did I how did I change your mind? We have it it's good to reflect and make goals. I'm a I'm a clinical psychologist and I make goals with my clients all the time. It's important to have that as a part of treatment planning. You're so, a clinical psychologist uh, I, and you're calling the Dennis Prager show? <laughs> hey, I'm a kindred spirit, buddy. So I want to know, do your patients know that you would call the Dennis Prager show? Oh, I don't, I don't know if they know or not. I, I, In <laughs> other words, do they know, yeah. do they know you are on the non-left side of the 
moral spectrum? Actually, many of them do because of the way that I work with my patients and my clients. All right, so so here's a totally serious question. What do you think of the majority of your fellow psychologists in America? Oh, definitely on the left and... No, no, I'm not even talking... I'm talking competence. Oh, oh, uh, (laughs) incompetence. Right. I I think they do not know the depth of the soul that they're trying to understand and study and work with. Right. Well, whenever I get a a psychologist or psychiatrist calling my show, I say to them what I will say to you, your patients are lucky. Thank you very much. Happy New Year. Yeah, that's what I think. The majority of psychotherapists in this country, psychiatrists or psychologists, are incompetent and, in fact, damaging. That is my view. And you, you, just as you take a risk when you go send your kid to college, that their soul, and I don't mean theologically, that their, their humanity will be damaged and their ability to think clearly will be damaged, their moral compass will be ruined. So you take a risk when you see the average psychotherapist in this country that this person, he or she, will make you worse. I deeply believe in psychotherapy, but I deeply believe that most psychotherapists are damaging. Why? I'll be very specific. One reason, there are many, one reason is that they reinforce your sense of victimhood. And I can't think of a more damaging thing that can be done to anyone. All right, let's see here. Okay. Dawn. That's a nice name, Dawn. Is anybody named Dusk? Did you ever think of that? There must be somewhere. Do you think somewhere? Hey, Dawn, do you know a Dusk? Uh, no, I don't. Right. But, uh, right. I, but, I, but I do know some Dawn, so. Right. But uh, anyway, yes, thank you. Happy New Year to you thank and happy you. Hanukkah and right. all that good stuff. Right. I'm so glad right. to talk to you. I love listening to you, Dennis. Thank you. Um, well, the, I, I just tuned in for specifically for the Happiness Hour. And uh, back in 2020, I decided I wasn't going to make like any big goal resolutions because kind of like the previous caller I think eh, I just kind of break them or I don't stick with them but the one thing that I did do I decided that I was going to do more character stuff so I decided in 2020 that I was not going to live in fear I'm a born-again Christian and I see a lot of people around me living in fear and I had realized that I had lived in you know I was living with a lot of fear even though I don't come off as that type of person at all but just internally and it wound up being the best decision of That's my right. life. That's right. That's a beauty. Wow. Wow. Wait a minute. Let me celebrate has- you. I want to celebrate <laughs> you. That is so, that is the best way to do what is right. Yes. It's the and gateway to a good life. 
yes, when everybody was freaking out in 2020, yep. not going out, not staying home, you know, not That's leaving right. the house, not going. Right. I was doing all of that. I was going to Sean Foyt concerts. I was doing it. I was a super spreader. I was, you know, going to trips I'd never been before. And everybody was like, you're going out? What are you doing? Are you, you're leaving the house? I mean, you know, there was a lot of people that were upset with me because I just would not stay home, you know, because I didn't want to live in fear. And when George Floyd and the city was burning in Los Angeles and all that, I was like, I'm not going to live in fear. And so I think that was a great. You wait, you start. remember the George Floyd rights? You were a kid. <laughs> no, George Floyd. Like Oh, George Floyd. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Rodney King. I'm sorry. George Floyd. No, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Floyd. I got my riots mixed up. I got my riots mixed up. Is my, no, my mea culpa? Same, yeah, yeah. It was the same year, and the city's burning down. No, and no. Your, I salute you. I wish you a happy new year. I, I think that's. I've talked about it a lot, but I, I never put it as concisely as she did. You resolve not to live in fear. That's the gateway to all goodness. That's so true. I, I, as you know, I mean, I, I was on radio the whole time. I was writing a column the whole time. I lived as normal a life as possible from the second week of the lockdowns on. Yes. Every Friday night for my Shabbat meal with my dozen kindred spirits. Help me Happiness Hour, Dennis Prager Show, New Year's Resolutions. I love that other one. That was great. I won't live in fear. Holy kazooty. And I didn't even say that. I, I got it from a caller. Collective wisdom is the biggest wisdom there is. That's right. That's It's so liberating. It is so liberating. Fear is paralyzing. That's why I, I have such... What is the word? I don't want to be mean-spirited. It's not mean-spirited anyway, but... I don't want to sound mean-spirited. But when I see people wearing masks especially outdoors, I think, oh my God, they're paralyzed. That's, that's really a good way of putting it. They're paralyzed. Irrational fear has paralyzed them. The damage done thanks to fear and simply bad human beings running almost every institution of our country like this moron, truly is a moron who runs the health for L.A. County. An, a totally incompetent human being named Barbara Ferrer. I hate attacking people. I do. I hate it. it is, but she has done so much damage, all for naught. What has done to, been done to children in this country not going to school for two years. And I think the school is damaging, so that's the irony. They go to school, they're damaged. They, they're held back from school, they're damaged. 
putting masks on two-year-olds, vaccinating five-year-olds. Wow. You get people afraid, they will do anything. They will even hurt their children. That, that's, that's how powerful fear is. Different country from the one Franklin Roosevelt, who I, am, I have very mixed feelings about, but Democrat, liberal, but he was right. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. That was a good one. Okay, everybody. Uh, let's see here. Wow, Michael. Michael in Lawrence, South Carolina, is about to boast. And I like that. Go ahead. Hi, Dennis. Uh, Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. It's an honor to speak with you. Thank I'm a you. long-time listener and a first-time caller. Welcome. Um, I would like to say that I started making New Year's resolutions about 20 years ago that I would keep, and I started small, like cutting my own hair and other things. But this past year, I made three. I gave up alcohol. I gave up pork. And I gave up mainstream media, television, and news. And it has really improved my life tremendously. That is quite a trio. You might be unique in the world. Let, so, first of all, why did do you still cut your own hair? Yes, sir. That was about 20 years ago. Right. Why, is that, why is that advantageous? Well, I don't have to drive into town for an hour and pay 20 or $25.00. Uh, if I mess it up, it grows back. Um, are you, are you married? No, so I'm divorced. I had a feeling you weren't married. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. I'm usually right on that one, I have to say. <laughs> you, you gave off the vibe of a single man. <laughs> when you said it'll grow back if I screw up my haircut, I thought, I don't think he's living with somebody. <laughs> Okay, no, so I, I'm one for one on that one. What what is yeah, poor sure. wait a minute, what does pork have to do with anything? So um I'm a nutritionist, I'm a retired paramedic and I've done a lot of research on pork and it turns out it's really not a very healthy meat to eat. And the pork that's on the market today is fed uh, some unhealthy food just to fatten them up. Well that's true uh, also, but that's true for beef too. It is. It is. I'm. I'm a deer hunter, and I get two or three deer every year, and since 1992. And uh, we did purchase part of a cow not too long ago that's grass fed and grass. Yeah, finished. grass fed is better. I agree with you on that one. This. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that truly entertaining call. Ain't roller skating a buffalo herd. Be happy if you mind to. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. You can't take a shower in a parakeet cage. But you can be happy if you mind to. All you got to do is put your mind to it. Knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. That's well, right. Knuckle down, buckle down, do it, do it, do it. Are there any songs of the last 15 years, any pop songs? that tell you how to be happy are you familiar with any Sean tell you how to be happy like this one did knuckle down buckle down put... don't worry be happy is in the last 15 years yeah definitely 
Isn't that an interesting sociological fact then? Worthy of its own time. Hmm. All right, y'all. Payam. Hello, Payam in Los Angeles. Dennis Prager. Hi there, Dennis. Happy New Year to you and uh, wish you a great year ahead. Thank you. Uh, the uh, wanted to say as far as fear and fate, one thing, fate is the antidote to the fear. And the more fate you have, people, they're going to have less fear. So as far as the resolution to share with you, one important one, after my dad passed away a couple of years ago, I uh, committed to go to the synagogue at least a couple times a year. And I've been able to keep it two reasons. Two ingredients I found that you need to have to keep a resolution. You need a reason. And somebody such as Sue that you said you don't want to hold you to it for the gym, somebody that holds you to it and somebody that you can be able to share and keep you accountable. So for uh, for the synagogue, it's helped with uh, people that they call and follow up and say, hey, you're coming, etc., and have a reason for my dad. And other things as well that I've been able to keep listening to you, it's a reason. Happiness Hour, I don't miss a single one of them. Because you're like my uncle, Dennis, and I love you, and you're millions of people are grateful for what you teach that's beautiful thank you very touched so i need to uh deal with that i think i'm committed now to doing an hour on religion every uh, week like i do on happiness male female ultimate issues starting with uh, uh, next week because it's the new year it's an interesting question I love interesting questions because I like to come up with answers. Do people of faith have less fear? I thought so until I saw their reactions to the lockdowns. And it struck me that rabbis, priests, and ministers were largely as irrationally scared as secular people. It's worthy of its own investigation. Call it now on any subject under the sun. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. The Kings send out a line of Wayne Gretzky along with Luke Robitaille and Dennis Prager. Gretzky wins the face-off. He gives it to Robitaille. Robitaille gives it to Dennis Prager. Here's Prager to center ice with Gretzky. Two-on-one break. Gretzky back to Prager. He stumbles and falls. I have to tolerate that about once a month. It sort of ruins my day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Third hour of the week. Whatever's on your mind. But enjoy the music first. Okay, everybody, whatever's on your mind, especially calls about fountain pens, audio equipment, photography, cigars, uh, it's like a block. There's always a fifth. Sean! 
What's what did I miss? Cigars, audio equipment, photography equipment. Uh, oh, classical music, right? Yes, okay. And I did say fountain pens the first time, yeah. Okay, everybody, whatever is on your mind, if I don't take your call, please don't be offended. There could be any host of reasons, none of them having to do with you. All right, y'all, whatever is on your mind, this is the last hour of the Dennis Prager Show of 2022. Wow, that actually does mean something to me. Lasts and firsts. All right, y'all, let's see what's on your mind here. Bob in Germany. All right, let's see, what time is it in Germany? Uh, I would say it's probably 8 p.m., that's my theory. What time is it now in Germany? My good friend, uh, 20, uh, 2010. It's uh, 10 minutes after 8. Right, right. I was good. I got it. Yep. Well, you thank good. you. Thank you. Sir, I, will, I cherish you and your program. I wish you a happy new year and good health and God bless you. And uh, Dennis, may I ask you, I hope you like the uh, DVD I sent you of Andre Rue with the Strauss Orchestra. Yes, bless you for that. I am very. I was very I, touched. Where do you, by the way, where do you live in Germany? I live in uh, above Frankfurt, about 50 uh, miles, about 78 right. kilometers. I see. And that's in a little town of Gießen. Well, thank you for listening. It means a lot to me. Gut Jahr to you. Yes, there are listeners around the world. Why wouldn't there be? Because what I have to say is applicable to the human condition, or or it's not applicable to anyone. That's my view. It's like my Bible commentary. People ask, who's it for? It's for humans. It can't be applicable to only one group. Then, it's, then I don't see why it's worthwhile. I might go to Munich in, when is it, in May? I think it's May. I may go to Munich to go to the world's largest audio show. That's how committed I am. Because I'm crazy about music and I have a great music system in my home. What an amazing thing to be able to listen to music that with that quality. You know when I bring, when young kids come over and often they do to my house and I always bring them to my listening room and I say what it, what it, is what is your favorite music or give me any 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 piece of music you really love and then I play it for them on my system and of course they've never heard it like that I mean they're used to you know earbuds that's that's how the way they consume music it's a revelation to them that you can hear music that clearly and powerfully. I, I watch them. It's fascinating to see their reaction. They, Unless they have gone to a live concert and sat essentially in the front row, 
they have never experienced that. It's sort of like everything is on a miniature level. Book reading is, uh, has been replaced by texting. When I was a kid, oh, we would so brag to other kids, at least the boys, oh, you got to hear my new speakers. I wonder if that language would even make any sense to most young people today. Come over and hear my speakers, my new speakers. No, I don't think so. You know, I uh, think I've mentioned this to you, that when I sign books to young people after speeches, I actually ask them, do you read cursive? And many do not. It is not possible to overstate how incompetent the educational system is. Schools of ed- if schools of education and the Department of Education closed tomorrow, if the National Education Association and all teachers' unions disbanded, the qualitative increase in the excellence of education would be almost immeasurable. Every educational institution... I mean, there are exceptions, obviously, and I I don't mean every single, like Hillsdale is is wonderful. There are some others, but the institutions, the schools of education, NEA, teachers' unions, think about it. It's like a massive collaboration to hurt children. Okay, let's go here to Colorado Springs and Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Dennis. Hi. Uh, you had on uh, Wednesday, and uh, I do a, I do a workout every morning, and I'm I'm a Purgatopia fan uh, through and through. So I was uh, listening to Wednesday this morning, and you were talking about your theme music. And I loved it, but I thought, oh my gosh, this was Wednesday. I can't even tell him that. So, yeah, that's well. I'm telling you now. Yeah, I'm glad you did. Yes, yeah, so I'll explain Pregatopia to people in a moment. What? So tell me now, what did you like? Well, I love the fact that it starts with like the Jaws. Oh, you it? like the Dvorak. We and should blood in the water. That's where we are. Uh-huh. Yes, that's so interesting. So I'm going to play that again. Thank you. Happy New Year. I appreciate that you're a Pregatopia subscriber. I'll talk about Pregatopia in a moment. I I should talk about it more. Sean, play it because we're not going to be using it. We're going to stick to Gladiator, I say, with some degree of ambivalence, but nevertheless. You have have our Dvorak? I heard that this is uh, Hugh Hewitt's theme when he talks to Larry Arn of Hillsdale. So that would be another reason we wouldn't switch to it. I, I, I don't want to duplicate a colleague's theme.
One of the greatest symphonies ever written, Dvorak's Ninth Symphony, in E minor, I believe. But we won't be using it. I have been talked into retaining the gladiator theme. I've wanted to preserve Western civilization symbolically by going to a great Western piece. We had three contenders. I chose three contenders, uh, Beethoven, Dvorak, and a Tchaikovsky. There were more votes for the Tchaikovsky, but people I respect, including callers, who said that I'm so identified with the gladiator theme and it so resonates the battle that we're in. And anyway, so we'll see. And uh, we'll be back in a moment, take more calls. I want to do my thank yous and play more music for you. Hey, I'm going to do some thank yous because, uh, you know, the, the hour goes by like that. Let me do that again. Like, like, like that. Because I'm obliged to, I will thank Sean. I have to. So let me begin with the technical director, the man who, if he doesn't press the right button, you don't hear me. If he doesn't press the right button, you don't hear that moronic hockey thing. If he doesn't press the right button, you don't hear the audio I want you to hear. And I would say that he comes in cheerful 83% of the time. Yes, no, ma- ma- massive, massive. It's true, really. It's true, you have. Big G times three equals G, G, G. He's a gentle, gentile giant, triple G, G. The gentle Gentile giant. You got to admit that is cool. That was one of my cooler ones. He's a gentle Gentile giant. Oh man, I'm He's a great gentle Gentile giant. Triple G. This show really does skate on thin ice. (laughs) It is amazing we have not died of hypothermia, to be honest. (laughs) I love that. I love them all. We uh, We need more of this. Has anybody made up a theme for The Living Martyr? Yeah, because it, 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 it doesn't... See, here. what was the new word I taught you yesterday? Lugubrious. So it would have to be a lugubrious melody. Look it up, folks. I trained myself at an early age. If I read or heard a word I didn't know, I looked it up. Uh, and I want to thank him. It is not possible to overstate the role that Alan Estrin, the producer of the show, plays in my life. It was his idea to start PragerU. It was not my idea. It was his idea. I always note that. 
and he still uh, is one of the three who run it. Or one of the two, depending on how you look at it. Who knows me better, Alan or Sue? Well, I regard both of them as my spouses. She knows me better because, to be honest, I'm not intimate with Alan in the exact same way I am with Sue. I'll leave it at that. Yeah, it'll be a heck of a show. You're a sick dude. You really are. It's amazing what I deal with. Alan Estrin is known as the living martyr. And why is he known as the living martyr? This you might want to know. Why, why do we refer to my producer and dear friend? Because he has elements of asceticism. Elements. He loves life. He is enjoying life tremendously. There's no question. But when God gave out personalities, I was in one line and he was in another. And we need each other. That's the beauty. Anyway, God bless him. And that's, of course, Alan Estrin, a.k.a. The Living Martyr. Working with Sean are Rick Locke, J.J. Corona, Alejandro Berrio, and Zach Elkhaldi. And I like three of them. (laughs) Okay, I, I... I will have to leave it at that, and we'll figure out. <laughs> no, 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 no. They are all a joy. Thank you, guys. Yeah, we. you know, the show is videoed. You can watch me uh, if you like. Where do they go to watch it? Salem News Channel. And I told the guys who run Salem, you got to have one name and let people go there and pick out what they want. But anyway, Salem News Channel. You can watch the show. Thank you, guys. And uh, all the women who do the screening, they are invaluable. No screener, no callers. Simple as that. Right now, today, it's Suzette Kirby and Leslie Friedman's twice a week. Correct? Leslie's here twice a week. She, uh, they're all remarkable. And of course, Jennifer Ray. I mean, really, they are. Thank you, ladies. It's a joy to have you in my life. I thank you. Leslie Friedman has now, in fact, upped her contribution with a semi-regular challah baking. Correct? Which is very popular among the Gentiles of the Prager Show, which is everybody but Alan and me. (laughs) The KRLA support staff, yes, they were technical geniuses. Mark Pollock, Richard Blythe, and Jim Tinker. Thank you, guys. That's right. I, I really need them. We use them. We need them. That is correct. People don't realize the number of people involved in just a one guy talking. It's really astonishing. And I didn't even get to Dallas yet. 
where they send up, we send the signal to Dallas. Dallas, what is it? Dallas send it to the Empire State Building? Is that, that still true? And the Empire State Building sends it to the world? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? And you hear it immediately. It's, 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 it, it, the whole thing is quite remarkable. Back in a moment. But you did, but you did, and I thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm doing some thank yous and then taking your calls. The final hour of my show of 2022. Bittersweet. So I've thanked some people involved here in L.A. in the show. I also want to thank the KRLA GM, General Manager Terry Fay. A special relationship with KRLA. My home station, and all the uh, guys in sales and ladies in sales here, I have a very special bond with them. To all the salespeople around the country who sell my show, I am well aware that without you, I don't have a show. I just want you to know that. And whenever I meet sales staffs in different parts of the country, I tell them that. Because it's a fact. Without me, they don't have somebody to sell. And without them, I'm not sold. And I would move on to another profession. (laughs) So, thank you. And in Dallas, where the headquarters of Salem Radio Network, Salem Media... Some some of the people, I mean, there are so many to thank in Dallas. I hope I don't miss anybody. And I'm I'm there, I'm at the station there a few times a year to see people in person. Tom Trattop, who's got great kids. Jim Bardo, I mentioned that name, and Sean lit up. That was very sweet. Mitchell Thibodeau and Frank Lagar. Matt Mungle, eh, you play instrumental roles in the show. Rob Ellis runs the Prager store. What a good man. This is a good man, a serious man. Thank you, Rob. And next volume of my of my series on the Bible, I will sign well in advance. He sold 6,000 volumes of my Rational Bible this year, 3,000 of the Deuteronomy and 3,000 of, uh, of uh, 1,500 each of the Genesis and Exodus. I believe, no, I don't believe, I know that for most people, reading any one of the volumes will change your life for the better. And... I commend it to your attention, the Rational Bible. doesn't matter which volume you get, because once you get one, I think you'll get the other two. But Deuteronomy is the latest. Deuteronomy was the book most quoted by the founders of America, including all secular works from the French Enlightenment. That's how important a book it is. Phil Boyce runs the Salem Radio Network. 
Phil is always calm, which is remarkable given how many fires he puts out. (laughs) I'm in touch with Phil the most in the Salem world. And Dave Santrella is the CEO of the whole Salem Media Group. He is one fine human being. Very few people could say this about the people who employ them. And and by the way, I don't have to. Nobody expects it. Uh, and I would never say anything I didn't believe. Then I really couldn't sleep at night. And I really like sleeping well at night. So, Dave, thank you for your work and your friendship and your cigars. And, oh, Eric Hansen. Okay, this is my theory on Eric Hansen. If you don't like Eric Hansen, there's something wrong with you. It's as simple as that. One of the easiest human beings to work with and one of the most competent. One, it might be the hardest working guy in the company. That is from Sean who is the 33rd hardest working person at the company. And Ed Atzinger, who was a legend, founder of Salem Media, now executive chairman of the board of directors. He is a legend, rightly so. What he has done is amazing. And finally, the people who have sat in for me Mark Davis, Mark Geisler, Bob France, Carl Jackson, John Hinderaker, Amala Ekbunobi, uh, and Julie Hartman. Wow. That's why I know you're in such good hands when I take a day off. Thank all of you. Well, now I can go to your calls, and I will do that. So this is the final bumper music of the year. This is what you decided because it's been so popular. That is really, really a good thought. Wow, another year, my dear friend. Very, uh, very moving. What happened to the guy in Pensacola, Florida? You know how often that happens? Oh, how often does it happen? Every other week. Call I'm about to go to, hung up. All right, let's see. Don't hang up, folks. Art in Utah wants to thank me for sticking with the gladiator theme. It was painful, but I am. But I am going to introduce classical music. Right, Sean? We're going to do a bumper a day of some great piece. Thank you. Uh, In Stevenson, Virginia, Chris wants to wish me a happy new year and many blessings. I am so blessed. Whenever people say, God bless you, Dennis, I say he has. Oh, here is our man in Pensacola. Hello, Brad. Mr. Prager. Yes, sir. My goodness. I uh, 
spoke to you earlier this year and speaking to you now is even more of an honor than it was the first time. Thank you for all that you do. Um, Thank you. Three, three things that I, I just wanted to, to list I have thought for a while um, that I have learned from you over the past several years. One is the phrase, I would rather have clarity than agreement. Hmm. Yep. I have I have always thought this, but I have never heard it put into words. Mm-hmm. And ever since I heard you you state that, I have incorporated that into my life, and that has really. And, and yeah. I practiced it before, but I really practice it now. What's the second? Um, the second is something I haven't heard you mention in a while. I believe it was a Jewish proverb that, and this is what originally got me hooked listening to you. And and this is probably not verbatim, but it goes, if I am not for me, then who will be? If I am only for myself, what am I? That's right. And I ponder on that Hmm. uh, a lot. And And uh, what's the third? The third is that it is absolutely okay for someone who has over the span of 25 years who has lost their belief in God to go to church Hmm. and to pull from that concepts, ideas that are useful. and Well, you know, you're the final call of the year and you made my day. I want to touch your lives. That's why I do everything that I do. God bless you all. I wish you a happier and even maybe a happy new year. And I will see you in the new year. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the daily Dennis Prager podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial free, Every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.